Life gets hard when you get down. I'm just trying to figure my shit out. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe. And I'm Grace Priscilla. And welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, Grace and I still don't have a name, an official name for the show ever since, you know, deciding that Grace is going to be a permanent fixture here on the show. She's going to be my uh, co-host moving forward. We really just want, didn't want to call it Coffee with Mark, right? Because it kind of... I don't know. Excluded me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's some there's some Karens out there that would <laughs> that would have an issue with that. That's not a Karen thing. That's <laughs> just common sense. Uh, it is just common sense. And so, uh, honestly, the name that we're that we're leaning toward uh, at the moment is just uh, Mark and Grace, or Grace and Mark. Um, I think Grace and Mark sounds fine, but I mean, it's one of those things that honestly, when you're starting, when you're when you're um, you know, just starting a new venture, okay? Because I've I've done this several times now. Whether it's a new business or a new project or new podcast or you know a new social media platform or something like that, right? A lot of times, the name it, it, it holds you up so much, especially when you're starting like a new business and you're trying to think of like what you should call it, and you want like the perfect name, and it's gotta like really really resonate and uh and the truth is now that I've, I've gone through it several times i just don't care very much you know and that's why uh something simple like mark and grace would would really suffice for me and i think uh the first person that suggested that was uh a guy marvin that i talked to often on on instagram so he might be he might be the winner of uh, our giveaway right because we were running a contest for name suggestions and if we ended up using the name that you suggested we we're going to figure out how to do a personalized gift for you uh, from us in appreciation not only of listening but also just being engaged in the conversation that we start here so uh so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for that uh, marvin if you're listening uh, because i'll i'll probably circle back with you here uh today uh but <clears throat> I'm so excited to have an actual co-host on the show now because, uh, you know, really in the beginning um, when it was like, I think I went through like coffee and conversations and I went through the Joe Brothers and I went through coffee with Mark. Um, but really the, the, the idea, the only thing that I really cared about was like, man, I just want to like in the morning when I wake up in the morning, like usually that's when like my my thoughts are flowing um, the best, you know, that's when I feel like I can be most engaged in a conversation. And it's usually also when I'm having like my deep or philosophical thoughts, or even when I'm just reflecting on the day before or the week before, or I'm looking ahead into my life and I have like really, really good thoughts, um, about things that I think would make really good conversations, it's usually in the first half of the day when I'm just sitting in my office drinking a cup of coffee. And so that's where like the coffee with Mark or the coffee and conversations really came from. And so the premise was kind of like, wow, I want to be able to sit around and enjoy my cup of coffee and just have a conversation with you all as if I had like in the same manner, in the same way that I have those conversations with myself every day. And, um, and being a on the show by myself doing like a, a an extended monologue there was never an opportunity for me to actually take a sip of coffee so i'm like that's one of the things 
believe it or not, and I haven't said that to Grace until just now, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about with respect to having a, a co-host on the show is that if Grace takes it over for a few seconds, at least I can now actually sit and take a sip of my coffee. So thank you for that, Grace. Oh, thank you for the value that you <laughs> put in me. There's so much more We've value. come so Stop far, it. Mark. We've come so far. Shush, in the beginning, we? Mark was asked if I would be, uh, be able to be a guest on the show and... And his response was, no, I think that would be sort of forced. And now, look, I'm the permanent co-host. Well, I mean, we've come I, so far. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I didn't. Guys, <laughs> trust me. It, it's, I'm putting him on the spot. It's difficult enough. Like, it's difficult to work with your with your significant other. Like, it's it really is. Like, we not only do we live together, but we also work together. And now, like, our passion projects, our side projects are even being intertwined so like it is a lot and it can it can put a lot of stress and pressure on our relationship um fortunately like we we navigate those things pretty well but still like that was sort of my that was my thought process in the beginning especially it was like listen i don't know if i want to like tie everything together because you know before long we'll be fighting in here and the dogs will be wondering what the heck is going on <laughs> mm -hmm. all right well uh over the past over the past two, three, four years, one of the most common questions that I have been asked uh, by people, whether it's on social media, on Facebook, in person, one of the most common questions that I've been asked is, hey, Mark, do you have like a recommended reading list anywhere? Or, hey, what book recommendations do you have? All right. And Grace, do you get that question? Sometimes if I share. Sometimes. Okay. Well, I, I've got not as like philosophical and like outright at that side of my life as you are. So yeah. I suppose. I mean, I don't know if philosophical is the word, but I just I just put books out there a lot. Like, I think I yeah, do. Yeah, but you're also, you speak in a very philosophical way. Got it, got it, got and it. And you pose is a lot of philosophical questions. Is that eloquent? Is that the word? I don't know. No, but, that's a different thing. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, that is one of the most common uh, questions that I've gotten over the years. And so just recently, I did put together um, a Goodreads list. And I, I just found out about this thing like three days ago. Somebody told me that there's a website called Goodreads where you can just rate all the books that you have read. And now, obviously, I, I didn't rate all the books that I've read, but I went to the website and I, I put my, my first 30 ratings up. So uh, if you are somebody that has asked me that question in the past, or if you've wondered it yourself and just never asked, um, or if you're into reading at all and are curious about like the kind of books that I've read over the years that I've found to be very helpful. And then I also specifically went out of my way to rate some of the books that I've read that over the years have been very, very popular, but that I just actually didn't think were all that great. Like there's some books on there that people go nuts over that I gave like a two out of five rating, you know, two out of five stars. So if you're curious about that at all, um, in the link tree in my bio, so it's in my bio on Instagram and on TikTok, uh, you can go and uh, check out the Goodreads list and let me know what you think. And as I continue reading books, I just started a new book here um, I think on Monday this week it's called The Talent War and uh, I'm really excited about it it's one of those books that's it's by like an ex-special operations uh, officer um, sort of like Extreme Ownership is by Jocko Willick well it's, it's a similar style of storytelling but I found Jocko's books to be really valuable and applicable to business life 
and as well as like obviously military operations. Um, and so hopefully that this one will be equally as valuable to me. Um, but I did put that up. Grace, what are you reading right now? Because I, I think I've seen Grace is reading fiction, I believe, and it might be for the first time since I've known you. Definitely for the first time since you've known me. I uh, I circled back to like a lot of my high school reading list books um, just because I don't think I appreciated them as much as in high school because I was forced to read them. And now I enjoy reading a lot more than I did. Um, I loved reading as a little kid. Like I was such a nerd, you know this, but like I read all the time as a little kid. And then when it started to be kind of forced on me, it kind of lost my... Love I feel like that's it. such a common thing because yeah. honestly, those books that they ask you to read in high school, they're actually great they're books. They're great books. Like, they're great um, books. One of my favorite books ever, um, and I don't know if I've if I've shared this with you, is um To Kill uh, a Mockingbird. Well, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird is probably one of my favorite books ever. Um, even The Secret Life of Bees. Secret like, Life of Bees is one that I just read. And then I'm reading um The Book Thief now, which is a great the one. Book Thief, mm-hmm. got it. Okay, so while we're on the topic of books and, 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 and the Goodreads list and everything like that, what are our, if you had a, let's say, top three, mm-hmm. three, top three recommendations for somebody, um, and, and, and I don't even want to put it in narrow uh, parameters, saying like, hey, top three nonfiction or top three personal development, like just top three books, period, that have had an Im- impact on um, the way that you view the world, yourself, other people, or just, you know, helped you gain perspective that you didn't have before you read it. Like top three most impactful books for you. What do you think they are? That is such a hard question. There's so many good books out there. Um, the Magic of Thinking Big is definitely one of them. Um, it's so funny. If you if you talk to people, if you ask this question to people that that you respect and that have have read a lot extensively in like the personal development category of books, um, I think it's it's you it's almost universal that the magic of thinking big is in people's top three. Yeah. If you haven't read that book, that book is is absolutely it's very simple, but it's just man, it's just incredible. It's a really it's the best book of that type. There's so many of those books. There's so many. Like Donald Trump, for example, has a book that's called Think Big. You know, like there, there's so many plays off of that book, which is the magic of thinking big. And it's people who are in the same space that are basically giving you the same message. But unequivocally, the magic of thinking big dominates that category of literature. Like that it is really, really good. So if that's something like we and we talked about that last in the last episode about Thanks, how Everybody has the capacity, everybody has the ability to think big, but not everybody has the tendency to think big. And The Magic of Thinking Big, is it's such an impactful book because if you are one of those people, which most people, most people have a tendency to think small, to set small, quote unquote, realistic goals in their life. Well, if you're one of those people... You know, don't feel bad about it because everybody goes through that. You have to, you have to sort of come to realize that you are just as capable as every other human being on this planet. Okay, and so certain things can help with that. Podcasts can help with that. Mentors can help with that. Role models can help with that. But books can also help with that. And in and with books, the magic of thinking big, I think, is the best book for that. So, um, what are your other two? <clears throat> My other two, I mean, there's. This is hard, but I think um, Extreme Ownership was a great book. I really 
would like to read it again. I just it's at my parents' house on my bookshelf in my um, old room there. But uh, it's such a great book. It really just the premise of it is like Mark just mentioned. You know, using military operations to correlate to business and um, you know strategies to apply in in civilian life. And it is a great just the way that it's kind of laid out. It's like goes through the story of the actual um, situation it oversees uh, the military operation then it breaks down like the lessons learned and then it goes through how it applies to business and that's one chapter so it goes through several different chapters and they don't necessarily correlate to one another but it's several different lessons within the same book and Jocko did a, gr- a really great job and, and Leif doing, did a really great job of uh, writing it Sorry, I'm struggling with a little bit with words this morning. Um, but my third book would probably be, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's so many good ones. Is there a um, fiction book that you've read? I mean, I, I am a Harry Potter nerd through and through. I absolutely love Harry Potter, but I don't know if that's like impactful as much. Um, I just read a book that my friend Seema gave me. It's called Tuesdays with Maury. Um and I believe that it's based on a true story. Um, but it was just such a sweet and sentimental book about a guy who rekindles his um, connection with his college professor on his college professor's deathbed. And he just, it's really sweet. Talks, it just kind of reminds you about like the simpler things in life. Um but I don't, I don't know. That's cool. such a hard question. I mean, question. those are three sorry. good ones. So The Magic of Thinking Big. Oh, Man's Search it, for Meaning. i sorry. I just saw it on the bookshelf. That is an insane book. Um, that's a really, really, really Victor, good book. What's his last name? Victor Frankel. Victor so Frankel. He's a, he's a, I believe, um, He's just a survivor of the Holocaust. And he's also a... Um, a um, I think he's a psychologist. Yeah, a psychologist. I think a psychiatrist, I think is the... Is the is the correct word, but he he's a, a doctor of psychology that um, is is also I think he, back then he was a practitioner, but he was a Jewish, um, and so he got sent to the concentration camp uh, during the Holocaust, and I think he lost his whole family uh, over the course of the the incarceration, but he survived, and he wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning, on. Um, it, it, it's actually crazy. So essentially, the, the most profound point of the book was that he was able to find peace in the center of a concentration camp where um, his whole family had been murdered and people were dying every day. I mean, it was just the, the most hor- horrific of environments. And he was able to find peace and contentment and happiness. And so um, and he was able to find meaning. And purpose, and and he and he he does sort of bring that point to the fore, which is that when man or when a human being you know finds their purpose, when they find a, a meaning and they they give get some meaning to their life, um, it it really <clears throat> it really changes your your life experience in a way um, that really is quite profound and powerful. Um, and so it, there's more to the book, but that's, I think, one of the core. That was a really poor, and it's not personal to you, but that was a really poor description of that book because it's just such an incredible book. So I honestly if, didn't like it that much. That's probably why I gave a very poor description. Well, I, which is so interesting to me because honestly, uh, some of the book is about 
a concept, um, like a psychological technique that he discovered and developed while he was in there. It's called logotherapy. But if you like that kind of like, um, talking about like mental health and just different like psychological methodologies, then that would be something that you'd be interested in. But read, just go do yourself a favor and go read the description for that book. But especially all things considered that's have happened in the past three years or so. It is a very interesting perspective to read and listen to. I don't know. My, my favorite part about books and why I struggle so much to pick just a top X or whatever is just books are so powerful. They're so valuable. Like it's someone's years of someone's life, years of someone's research and experience and, you know, whatever written down and put into 100, 200, 300 pages for us to read at our disposal. Like, you know, obviously you're not going to retain every single thing from every, everything you read unless you have a photographic memory, in which case I'm really jealous of you. But you can retain at least one main message from almost every book that you read. Mark Hon- and I have talked honestly, about that. That's my, that's my standard. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I have one, like that's the, it's honestly sad. And I think that this is why more people don't read the same mm-hmm. way that we do because they expect to get more out of it. But to be honest, the differentiator between a book that I think is great and a book that I don't like very much is do I even have one? Like all I need is to have one new thought, one new idea that I'm able or, or one new perspective that I'm able to take away from the book. That's it. One. Like I'm not looking for five or 10 or a hundred solid takeaways, I'm looking for one powerful takeaway from the book. And if I just get one, I I consider it a great book, a great book. And so there's books out there that other people love, for example, that like, if you look at my Goodreads list and you wonder like, man, Mark, like Relentless, why did you give Relentless a two two out of five stars or three out of five stars? So many people have great things to say about it. Well, because I read I read Relentless and I didn't get anything new out of it. Like I didn't get a single new idea presented in a new way. Well, it was the same ideas that I've read before pre- presented in very similar or the same ways. And I get it. The other powerful thing about books and the other you know thing about it that you have to keep in mind is books often hit you differently depending on the season of life life that you're in right now that's the coolest part so it it, and it's cool i think that's an awesome thing about about books but it does lead to some uh misrepresentation of the books themselves afterwards by people that have read them for example me with man's search for meaning or with relentless it's like hey they didn't really hit me that hard because i'd already discovered those thoughts and ideas in other books before and those books i have a great respect for and so it, it is a little bit relative to the person, but I think... You, it's not a little bit, it's a lot. Well, it's a lot relative to the person, but what I was going to say and why I said a little bit relative to the person is because still I think objectively you can say, wow, there's some really good information in there for people that have never discovered that information before. But for me, I think that my top three, my top three most impactful books um, would probably be... I would have to say, wow... Okay, I know. So See, look, there, you put me on the spot. And there's, now a look guy, at you. there's a guy, his name is James Allen. All right. He's a philosopher from, uh, I believe, the, eight, the late 1800s. And um, 
and he's 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 probably my favorite philosopher of all time. I, I he's definitely my favorite philosopher uh, to read his old writings, and I have a massive book here at the house. I mean, it's probably it's thick, yeah, it's like probably, a college textbook. It's thick. probably twelve hundred pages. Uh, but it's a collection of all of his writings. Like that's how much I I enjoy his thought process. Uh, but it's a collection of all of his writings. Um, highly recommend that. Within that that book is um, is like a calendar of sorts. It's got 365 um, daily meditations, and it's just one to two sent- sentence long thoughts that, uh, depending on the day, like I could go in there and put, okay, today's August 10th. Um, I believe so I could just flip to August 10th and it would have a, a meditation or a thought of the day. And so I really like that. Like if you're not like a reader reader where you're going to sit and read 10 to 20 pages every single day like we do or we try to anyway, um, at least start with something like that where you have like a like there's another book like that right now that's really popular. It's called The Daily Stoic. Um, but both of those are, are great things. But James Allen in particular, I love his philosophy. I love the way that he thinks about spirituality and the universe and, and people. And he's also the author of a very, very famous uh, philosophical text called, do you know what it is? His most famous writing? It's called As a Man Thinketh. Um, and so basically it's just, he's he's the originator of that idea that, you know, that... <clears throat> That whatever your brain thinks, that your brain is a lot more powerful than human beings, you know, a lot of times uh, give it credit for. And that wherever your thoughts go and your energy is directed, that's where your life is going to go. He he is sort of like, a, you know, almost like one of the fathers of like the law of attraction and manifesting things into your life. Like he he's one of those guys, the early, early um, deliver, yeah, deliverers of that thought process and those kinds of ideas. Um, so definitely check them out. So his collection of writings is probably in my top three. I would also say, man, it's tough. So between, there's three biographies that I read when I was in prison that really had an incredibly powerful influence uh, over the way that I that I think about myself and my own my own personal potential and capabilities in life. Um, so it was Gandhi's autobiography, um, Nelson Mandela's autobiography. It's called Long Walk to Freedom. And then Steve Jobs' biography wi- written by Walter Isaacson. So those three, uh, those three biographies sort of all combined, they, they really revealed to me um, that, I, that I could literally, that I could be, you know, I could be as impactful with my life as I really decided to be. You know, after reading those biographies, the, 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 the overall takeaway from all three of them was that these are three regular dudes. Like these are three regular ass human beings that had to go through trials and adversity in their life the same way that I had. They had rough upbringings. They were poor. They were, you know, an outcast. They were not popular. They were nerds or Steve Jobs. You know, he wasn't. So these, these are three, three men that have similar skill sets, similar interests, similar passions that I have, similar experiences, similar similar upbringing, similar backgrounds, similar curiosities and passions. Okay, they, I saw them as very relatable human beings as I read through the early portions of their lives before they came to be who they came to be. And and after reading those, I said, man, dude, if, if, if somebody like Steve, Steve Jobs changed the world, 
like not not single handedly, okay? But Apple, Apple changed the world, okay? Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela was in prison for twenty years and came home to and became the president. You know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, like the man became the face of a nation. Like it's just you know these people did great things. They impacted and influenced history in ways that very few people. Very few singular human beings ever have an opportunity to do, or ever are, you know, ever do. Okay, because because actually, after reading those books, what what I realized is that we all have an opportunity to influence or impact history the same way that those three men's that those three men did. Um, it's just not many people, uh, not many people really step up to the to the challenge. Um, I, th- I think part of that too is some people just don't have a desire to be known. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But but I was inspired anyway. So th- so that's kind of why I'm bringing those guys up. So if I if it was my top three most impactful books for me, uh, because again, you know, books hit you differently depending on the season of life you're in, and maybe it was the season of life that I was in, sort of rediscovering who I was and and what I had the potential to do and be with my life. Um, so anyway, those three biographies hit me really hard. And then I can never leave out, um, the alchemist, the alchemist really, again, I know that it was, it was probably 80% due to the season of life that I was in, but the alchemist hit me so hard. And then if I, if I had, so, cause I know that there's going to be people out there that want like a, you know, a a nonfiction, like a, a good book, um, thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman would, would be up in my top five. And that's a book that, um, for those of you that don't know, I, my, my skill set, one, one of my most quote unquote valuable skill sets in business and in a corporate space or in any space is sales, okay? That's, that's what I've done, it's, what, it's all I've ever done my, my, entire, my entire life. And if you're somebody that is looking to get better um, at sales or become more valuable within your company that you work um, that you work at. Okay, thinking fast and slow. It's a dry. It's a it's a dry read. Okay, it's all science. It's all psychology. Um, but it really does. Um, it, it analyzes people's decision making process, and it and it sort of reveals to you how uh, how easy it is to influence or for lack of a better word, manipulate people's decision-making process and become a very, very, very effective um, either marketer or, um, or salesperson. So that's, that's, that's definitely got to be in mind. Um, <clears throat> so cool. Let's connect, all right, on, on goodreads.com. All right, if you are into conversations like this, if you're into reading, if you're into um, you know, just getting better, personal development, all those things, okay? I will keep updating that Goodreads list uh, for those of you as I knock down more and more new books. I'll, I'll give them genuine ratings. And uh, yeah, and let me know if you, if you guys have any recommendations for us, any books we need to read because, uh, because we're always burning through books. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about today um, is actually uh, Grace and I had a conversation not long ago and, uh, you know, it was honestly about, it was honestly, it, it was me being very, very frustrated about people that I see that, that, that constantly have like this, 
this just looming like cloud of just negativity. Like they have a pessimistic attitude about life. They're just negative from day to day, moment to moment. People that like you guys know who I'm talking about. The people that like they wake up and and just for whatever reason, like for no good reason at all, they just they're just grumpy. Like they're grumpy. They break they show up to work and they just always have a negative attitude. Like they're the kinds of people that you really don't even like being around, you know? Like, man, why do you why do you always gotta be in a bad mood? And I and I sat around thinking about why that bothers me so much. Um, and the truth is, the truth is like when I, when I meet people like that, like I try to excuse, like if, if I meet you and you're in a, a, a grumpy or a, or a bad mood, you know, the first time I meet you, but then I start to see and I pick up on the pattern and I start to see, man, this person's always in a miserable mood. You know, I just, I don't even want to be around that person. I, it, it gets me so mad. Like guys, I mean, a lot of you have already heard me or seen me when I'm like really heated up, but like it gets me so fired up because I, I realize that I think I get personally offended at those people's attitudes. Like, I, like when I meet somebody and you're just grumpy all the time, it makes me want to tell you about yourself so bad because I spent five and a half years sitting in prison and this is a perspective that I don't think I've shared, you know, on this point. But it's like I spent five and a half years sitting in prison and every single day of it, I would just sit there daydreaming, like fantasizing about what I would do if only I had the chance that we all wake up to every single fucking morning. Like literally every single morning, we open our eyes and we have the opportunity that I daydreamed about for five fucking years, you know? And so for people to wake up and get out of bed in a house or in an apartment that's their own, you know, and walk to the kitchen and have the, you know, have hot, hot pot of coffee waiting for you and open your fridge and have, you know, fresh eggs and, and milk and bread in the cupboard and you can make breakfast and sort of get ready at your own pace and have an opportunity to go to work and contribute and start uh, working on your skill set and, and, and building a career, a reputation, a name and, and making an impact on the world. Like for people to have the opportunity that I, that I daydreamed about for fucking years and then to show up and, and, and not only take it for granted, but to show up and be miserable and pessimistic about, about it, to not even realize the opportunity that they have. It's just, I understand objectively that it's a lack of perspective, that those people don't have the perspective that I've had. They've woken up every single day of their lives with that opportunity. And so it, maybe it's lost its luster to them. But to me, it hasn't lost its luster. And so I think that that's really why it fires me up so much. That's why, like, I can't, I, I almost can't let it go. Like, when I, when I meet somebody like that, or if I, God forbid, I get forced into a, an environment where I have to be or work around people like that consistently, I just can't do it. It will completely take me off my rocker because I, I just get so fired up and I want to tell them, like, don't you fucking realize that you have an opportunity that like there's there's millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people out there that would literally 
cut their fucking left hand off to have the opportunity that you have today and you have you have no there's just no acknowledgement of it on a daily basis in fact not only is there no acknowledgement of it but you're showing up and you have the audacity to show up and be in a bad mood and i've harped on this so many times before which is like trauma and struggle adversity those things are all relative you know what 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 was traumatic experienced for me you know really might not be all that that big of a deal for somebody that's that's gone through things that are much more difficult um, objectively or what's a traumatic experience for you um, you know to me it might not seem like that big of a deal but I understand and and I try to always stay mindful of the fact that like your your trauma your traumatic experience was equally as impactful it was equally as traumatic to you as my worst experiences were for me there is no there is no there are no levels that are objective they're all relative okay so totally understand that like you're hard everybody's hard is different um and i think that something that helped me in the moments when i was going through my hardest experiences okay and i don't know i don't know if i've shared this um i may have shared it once before but what helped me when I was going through the hardest experiences of my life, which is when I was in prison, when I was in and out of solitary confinement, when I was just struggling, struggling so hard. But what helped me when I was going through the absolute hardest time of my life was I would wake up and I would every single morning, I wouldn't start my day without acknowledging that there was millions of people in the world. Um, there was literally tens of millions of people out there that would do anything, that would give anything to trade places with me. Like I was sitting in prison, but I was also sitting in prison in, a, in the United States of America where I had three hot meals a day, I had a roof over my head, I had clean water to drink, I had um, you know books to read, I had um, a method of communicating with my loved ones, my family members, and no threat of them being taken away from me. I had uh, safety. I had medical uh, uh, accessibility. I, ha I had the luxuries. I had luxuries that are, that are only afforded to a small fraction of the people on this planet. And so even though, even though I was, I was going through the hardest experience of my life, even though I was in prison and I had lost a lot of my rights and I lost a lot of my, my liberties that, that we get to enjoy here in this country, I'd lost, I, I mean, I was at rock bottom, rock bottom. But even at rock bottom, I made it a point to, to every single morning, every single morning, I have shared my, my morning routine at this point in my life or at this, during this point in my life, but every single morning, my morning started with gratitude and, and acknowledging that even at my worst, even at my worst, I was still in a place where there was tens of millions of people around the world that would literally give anything to trade places with me. And that helped me. Like I, I, I talk about practicing gratitude so much, and I've been talking about it a lot lately, but seriously, it's, it's one of the most powerful tools to manipulate your own perspective because then whereas most of the guys in prison understandably wake up and they're extremely 
disgruntled and they're miserable and they're irritable and they don't want to talk to people and they're unhappy. Okay, well, that, it's understandable. Objectively, you would say, well, I understand why they're miserable and they're grumpy and blah, 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 because they're in prison. Of course, I would be grumpy too. Okay, well, I found a way to actually remain grateful. You know, I found a way to shift my own perspective away from being miserable and being irritable and being, you know, all these things, right? And living in a negative, pessimistic mindset and attitude and instead shift it and, and view my situation in, 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 a, in as positive of a light that I was able to. And you know what? I found peace. I found peace and I also found happiness. And so th everybody has their own things. Everybody goes through hard things. But it's about like keeping your life, your whole life and your whole situation, keeping it in proper perspective. It's not about, you know, I, I think that where we go wrong here is viewing is all you see. All you see is what's right in front of you. All you see is your is the current challenge or the current hardship instead of looking at the big, 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 big picture and realizing that, man, you're still blessed. You're still extremely blessed and extremely fortunate. And yes, today is going to be hard, but you have an opportunity to overcome today. You have an opportunity to overcome. You have another opportunity and you have blessings all around you. So, I mean, for me, you know, and Grace and I, we do we do go back and forth about this a lot um, because, again, it's just, you know, our life experiences have been different. Um, but. In, in on those days where you're tempted to wake up and be miserable and bring you know your misery with you throughout your day, it, it, all it takes sometimes is checking yourself and sort of just being mindful and taking a moment, maybe taking two minutes or three minutes to just sit and think about all the people around the world that would that would give anything, that would give anything to trade places with you on your worst day, you know, and so. Um, so hopefully that that perspective is something that will at least, you know, get you to sit and think for the day. Um, I think that's all we'll we'll talk about today. But I love you guys. Grace loves you guys. And uh, Grace, you got any, any last parting words? No. Nope. All right, guys, we'll talk to you again soon.